It is Locked On Jazz for the 22nd of January. Jazz win their seventh straight. Super impressive victory, showing all the signs of the things they didn't show earlier. Plus, how New Orleans adapted, and we had an answer. And then I got to talk about a bunch of... And I don't want to talk about the... But we'll probably talk about it. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give me insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. All right, I don't... Oh my gosh, Hank Aaron just passed away. Can we stop with this? Don Sutton, Tommy Lasorda, Hank Aaron. Sorry, I had my internet up and it just showed. Oh, man. Oh, that is too bad. Hank Aaron, what an unbelievable soul. Um, well, that like takes a little bit of the sh- pack out of my punch right there. Um, so, I kind of have a hard decision here. I, I don't want to talk about Shaq and Kenny Smith though Kenny Smith actually has some valid points. Like, there's some points in this that are actually semi-valid. It's just stupid. And it pisses me off, and it probably pisses you off. And so, on one level, like, I feel like I'm your voice, and you want to know, like, do I think the same thing you do? Yeah, I think it's total crap. Like, I don't know that I necessarily think the TNT show's job should be to promote the league, but they make their living off of the league. And here you've got a youngster who is the model of what this league should hope to be. Donovan Mitchell is the most remarkable young man that I have met since I've been in this business at this age and how he came in the league and who he is as a person and how he interacts with people and what he does for his teammates and where his heart and soul is. He's that good. I don't think he's going to lose it either. He's 24 years old. He just donated $12 million to his school. He hasn't fit, fought, forgotten who he is in any way, shape, or form, but he's been this way from day one. He's the kid who, when dropping 40 points as a rookie in the world, coming to him and Adidas making his shoe, went and stopped to congratulate the two-way guys on our roster for the energy they gave him in the second quarter, and I'm so bad I don't remember who they were. And yet, he took the time to remember in the midst of the world giving him every ounce of adulation that possibly could exist in his rookie year, he stopped a press conference to talk about This is the guy that talked about Bernie one day. The wonderful woman who I miss badly in the the, uh, practice facility who makes them their shakes in the morning. And he's talking about Bernie. And while he's getting all the praise in the world, he stopped to talk about Bernie. And he stopped to talk about the, t- the two-way guys on the roster. And from the very beginning, when he's having the world come to him and go crazy, he thanks all of the veterans on the team for the opportunity. And he has not skipped a beat at that. And this has not been easy for him. I don't know him super well, but we've had a few conversations. Being a rising star is hard. I know he got paid. Up. It's hard, people. Believe me, it's hard. 
being a rising star and the world getting away from you and you losing control of where it's going and who you're interacting with and what your friends are and what you do for your is hard. One of the most fascinating comments he talked to me about was he grew up going to Greenwich Country Day School and it was a weird thing for him, right? He was the African-American kid in the richest town in America and his mom was teaching there on purpose to give him that upbringing and have him have that environment and be around it and he saw it all and he's literally been in the houses of the richest of the rich of the... And and then he talked about how when this was we were walking back from Charlotte in, in the arena one day and we were talking and he it was while he was on his meteoric rise... And he was talking about how actually some of those friends have become important because they don't need anything. You know they don't need anything. This is a guy who took the leading role at 24 years old in the midst of a civil rights movement and was willing to put himself out there. This is a guy who donated... This is the model star of our league. As a human, you know who else is a model star of our league is Dame Lillard. Commits day in and day out to the Special Olympics. An incredibly loyal teammate. An amazing human. True to Oakland. True to Ogden. True to everyone he's ever met. Never misstep. Has talents outside of it with his musical skills. Incredible human being. You know who else is a model to our league is Giannis Adetokounmpo. Sold trinkets on the streets of Greece. He and his brothers playing basketball in gyms where they weren't really allowed to be because in Greece the racism is so bad against the Africans that they're not allowed to become citizens. Unless, of course, you're going to possibly give us a medal and then we'll take you to be a citizen, right? Like, that, that Greece's racism toward the Africans and in their ghettos is stuff that we... I would hope as Americans can't even imagine. We're getting unfortunately close to it with our inequality of wealth, but we can't imagine. And he's selling trinkets on the street and he turns out to be discovered and he and his brothers are playing basketball where they trade shoes because they don't have three pairs of shoes so they each get to wear the shoes for a while and then the next guy wears the shoes. And you know what? None of those three players are good enough to carry their team to a championship. So let's just belittle all of them. What? A slow. Seriously. None of them are. Giannis is a real problem right now from a basketball standpoint. Shooting below 50% from the free throw line. His three-point shot hasn't gotten better. You can't give him the ball in the final five minutes, and he's the MVP. It's a real problem. Dame Lillard is just outstanding. He's amazing. He's truly great. You know who else is pretty fabulous is Bradley Beal out of East St. Louis. Grew up in the inner city. Worked his way out. Went to a year in Florida. He's been a model in Washington. Never complained. He's in one of the worst organizations in the league. He's been incredible. You know what? He's not good enough to win a championship. So let's belittle him too. I mean, seriously. Seriously. We are loaded with these stories and these humans that are truly amazing. I mean, amazing people, the greatest athletes in the world, the greatest in the world at what they do, and then most of them are also at an insanely young age able to step beyond that and lead a civil rights movement. They won elections in Georgia. You don't think Joe Biden's the president of these guys? I don't care if it pisses you off or not. At least admit what they did. They got the vote out. Getting the vote out won this guy the election. I'm not asking you to support it. I have my own opinions. You all know what they are. I'm not hiding it anymore. I'm not supporting a white supremacist. 
I'm really clear on that. I'll be really clear. If you want me to get really personal and really raw right now, I'll probably pass on that. But I got minority kids. It's been a bitch. So these guys who've been able to rise up while their country was basically saying, we hate you and we don't care about you and still perform at their peak and then be these amazing humans and lead a movement and play basketball and do all these things. Mike Malone said it the other night about Jamal Murray. The most incredible thing about what he did in the bubble was how heavy his heart was. These men, humans, are our product and should be cherished and should be promoted and not belittled. Do you Jack? Seriously. I don't know how we totally got there today, but it's all part of it. It's all part of it. Donovan Mitchell, Dame Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, whomever else should be cherished, should be promoted. We can discuss the weaknesses of their game. That's fine. Donovan's six feet tall. There aren't a lot of six feet tall guys have led teams to championships. Sure. The Utah Jazz have got to shoot it well. Sure. We're not as good as the Lakers and Clippers. We got to shoot it well. Stupid comment because everyone's got to shoot it well now. And if you're not going to shoot it well, then the way you're probably going to win is because you've got the greatest defensive player in the history of the world. Who should be cherished as well and promoted? Not because just they're a product and we're selling tickets, but because they're amazing. Amazing. It's one of the great honors of my life that I've gotten to spend so much time with truly amazing people. Truly amazing people. And I'm not saying just amazing athletes. Sure, there's some of these guys that are just amazing athletes. There's some mathematicians that are just amazing mathematicians too. But these guys are way more than that. They've been put in an incredible spotlight at an amazingly early age and they have risen to the occasion both on and off the floor as remarkable human beings. Treat them that way. Don't belittle his ass after he drops 36, 7, and 6. Has had an unbelievable seven-game stretch. Has won seven in a row. Changed, fixed his problems in his game earlier in the year. You're an asshole. All right. I guess I talked about it. And a few other things while I was at it. A lot that just came out there. It's been a long week. It's been a long... 11 months for all of us. By the way, 
on the political comment. I'm perfectly aware for a lot of people out there, there's other stuff. They're just as hard. That was, for me, the last four years, that's been really hard. To have your kids ask if this guy hates you and he's leading your country is hard. But I also know that those people that feel they've been abandoned by the government and by the country and have been forgotten along the way, it's hard also. I got it. I'm not looking at it only from my lenses. That was my lenses, but I don't mean to look at it only from my lenses. All right, it's pretty raw. Not sure I'm leaving it all in there. This is not where I thought I was going today. Does Murdoch Hyundai want their sponsorship right now or not? Sorry, Blake. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Boy, if there's ever a day where you probably want to step away from doing ads. Uh, I do want to talk about the game. I thought they were great last night, so let's get to it. Zero uh, percent for 72 months right now on the uh, the Santa Fe, the Tucson, and the Sonata. Uh, congratulations, car of the year to the Elantra. Really, just Hyundai's got this incredible setup of cars. They all bring you the bells and whistles at an amazing price point, and they do... And, and they peak out of the safety ratings and they just won car of the year. Then you've got the Murdochs who are loyal to the area, been around for 90 years, trying to give you a great experience, whether it's Murdoch safe, Murdoch sure, or whether it's the VIP treatment that will get you. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. So stop by. Murdoch Hyundai. Locked on NBA, Anthony Irwin and Adam Mata spring your direction. We've got a brand new show debuting next week called Locked On Today. I'm pretty excited about this. Been working on it for like nine months. Uh, Locked On Today is our daily sports show for you. About 15, 20 minutes. Think about it. If you listen to NPR Up First, it's kind of the NPR Up First of sports with a little PTI in it. Uh, Locked On Today debuts next week. So big step for the network. All right, I want to talk about the game because I thought we were great last night. I have been slow to the party that we're really, really good. I think we're probably the third best team in the NBA right now. Um, And there's some things that I have not been kind of a believer on and there's some ass like I kind of got it like you add favors into the mix and you put favors into the mix and suddenly you're positive for all 48 minutes like I got it from a math standpoint if we go back to when we signed favors I got that we were like the number one offensive team in the league from when we added Jordan to the bubble and then in the bubble we didn't play our guys but we also didn't play the best defensive team so I wasn't totally buying that um we're pretty good but what made me feel like what left me last night with thinking that that's actually one of the most impressive wins of our season. Um, and, you know, we're seventh offensively and seventh defensively and our net rating is the fourth best in the NBA right now. Like, it's good. Uh, and it's pretty considerably higher than Denver, who's still really, really good, by the way. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure themselves out and be right there nipping at our heels. And I think Dallas, when they're through their COVID stuff, will be better. And then that's kind of it. Like that's actually there's not actually another team in the Western Conference anymore. So that's so that's great. Um, but what happened against Phoenix and what happened against Minnesota and happened a little bit against New York is that 
they te- teams got into us and we didn't what I talk about on the air is owning your own space that we really wilted and didn't own our space and retreated and lost our vibe and then and then got and then got beat in the second quarter last night I thought New Orleans came to get into us physically into us and we answered by taking 13 free throws. Now, we've talked about it. We're like one of the lowest free throw rate teams in the league and probably could prevent us from being a top five offensive team, how low we are in free throw shooting. So for us to turn around and take 13 free throws means we were fighting back and owning our space. And that's the first I hadn't seen us do that yet. Now, this is not a great defensive team, and we just made Zion look so bad yesterday. Like He was minus 11 in that second quarter because we just annihilated what he was doing anytime he was on the floor. Um, and so, hey, this is not, a, you know, that's not doing it against the Clippers or Lakers, but I we had, didn't do it against Minnesota, Phoenix, or New York. So the fact that we fought back in that second quarter with that kind of physical presence, that's pretty awesome. And to me, that's what was crazy impressive about that performance is that for all this talk about the Jazz can't win if they don't shoot, you know, and we shot at that quarter, there's no question. We also showed a different side of who we were last night. And I thought, you know, that excites me the most of anything that took place last night was our ability to fight in those circumstances. The other one, that the first quarter last night, holy smokes, They score 41 points. They have an offensive rating of 160. They come out shooting threes. Royce is guarding Brandon Ingram. He shot one three the night before. All of a sudden, he's pulling for three. Royce is like, whoa, what's going on? And then to Royce's credit and his evolution, Royce changed his defensive strategy for the night, probably some help for the coaches, but really did a fabulous job of then changing Brandon Ingram's night and not allowing it to happen. Again, as much as we're all talking about because of the comments by TNT about shooting, which is real, like it's a stupid comment in one sense that um, if you don't shoot it well, you're not going to win. Well, in this day and age when everyone's taking 35 to 40% of their shots as threes, if you don't shoot it well, you're going to lose. Like that's really, really clear. The part of the comment that's not stupid is like we don't just have a bucket getter, right? We don't have Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis and maybe Paul George who can just go get you a bucket because they're tall enough, big enough to go get you a bucket. So that's that's true. But if, you, if you're not going to win because of shooting, then you either are going to have to win because you have a bucket getter or because who shoots well uh, or because you can play defense. Well, against New Orleans the other night, in the first three quarters, we had a defensive rating under 100. Well, last night in the second quarter, our defensive rating was a 92.9. In the third quarter, our defensive rating was a 92. And in the fourth quarter, we kind of let off the gas again because we had the game controlled. But in that's a really big deal. So against New Orleans, in a span of eight quarters, we had five quarters where we allowed less than a point of possession. Okay, the, the league average right now is 110. It's 1.1. That's like the worst offense in the league is the Cleveland Cavaliers who really are bad offensively. They're at 102.6. All but four teams in the league are at least 105. We're holding you under 100 for half the game. 
three quarters of the game the night before. That's a big deal. And they're a pretty good offensive team, or at least they should be. They're, they're lacking some space in. We have the greatest defensive player in like 30 years. I, I really think there's not been a defensive player to Rudy's level since Akeem Olajuwon. I know Ben Wallace was great. Rudy's better. I know Dikembe's better. great. Rudy's better. Mike Conley's defensive rating last night, 101.4, like every night. He's just been that great. So, and, and, and some other interesting notes. Joe Ingles last year, who was like notoriously slow pace of play, had the fast, one of the fastest pace of plays last night. George Niang actually has been a huge part of our pace of play positive. Like, that's an interesting little, that bench unit's playing really fast. So I thought last night was super impressive in that one, we had to fight. And two, we put still in the midst of a night where kind of things weren't like great, but our level of detail was way off and guys were just doing weird stuff. Um, like that they weren't engaged. We went and put down two quarters of basketball that was below a point of possession. Everything New Orleans did for two days defensively was about Rudy Gobert, and we stopped all of it. I'll explain that as we continue. Uh, have you listened to Locked on Bets yet? That's our other news show. It's a 10 to 15-minute quick-hitting gambling show, hitting on three or four games every day. We'll talk about the conference championship games today, I'm sure. So go to Locked on Bets here. Handicapper Lee Sterling's breakdown with your boy Q. It's all brought to you by betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag, and you get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on, go to at betonlineag uh, on Twitter and other uh, to get even better bonuses or other things. They have great uh, in-depth line futures. If you're believing in the Jazz right now, you can do some futures uh, there. It's all at betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. And with your welcome bonus, you get a 50% off welcome bonus with uh, the promo code locked on, We want to have you have a good time with our good friends over at betonline.ag and make sure you get the edge by listening to Locked On Bets. What New Orleans decided to do over two days was to not allow Rudy Gobert to dunk. Like, in the simplest terms, their defense each night was completely predicated on not letting Rudy Gobert dunk. And it was funny because Jake Madison's like, let Rudy Gobert beat you on a crossover. And I was like, well, what is that? Like, so you're going to let Rudy dunk 20 times? Like, you actually can diminish what you think about Rudy's defense, offense, but the fact is that the greatest threat in the entire game is Rudy Gobert dunking. And if you're the opposing team and you're going to build your defense, your defense is completely predicated on the first and foremost thing is how do we prevent Rudy from dunking? Quinn, like, broke the league when Rudy had 360 dunks that year. And the league's now had to have been like, oh, crap, we can't allow that to happen anymore. So, night one, what New Orleans did to deny Rudy the dunk was that they brought... Their goal was, well, if we keep the guards out of the paint on penetration, then they can't get the lob to Rudy. So, Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell would come off the pick... 
And Steven Adams would do what's called a hedge. He'd come out hard on the ball. So Steven Adams is now engaged in the ball. And whoever was defending Mike Conley to start, Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, whatever, would then be stay, try to stay with Mike Conley. So you now had basically two players on the ball. And then Rudy would roll to the basket. So you're going to have to pass over Steven Adams to get to Rudy. Mike Conley can't drive. That's the concept. And you're bringing the same side as Rudy Roll, off that side, you're bringing that defender who's guarding a three-point shooter into Rudy. Okay? And so you're, you're now bumping Rudy, trying to keep him from getting the basket. Well, the Jazz answer to that, on some of the simplest plays, I had Steve Jones Jr. Uh, diagram one of them on his Twitter account. He does a great job. It was that they just threw the pass out to guys on the wing for wide-open threes. And then if they didn't get a wide-open three, they broke the paint on a drive because their closeouts weren't very good and then kicked to the next guy. Hey, like, worked beautifully. And they Jazz torched him. So last night, they said, all right, well, we're not going to let Rudy dunk. We're going to have Steven Adams drop all the way to the rim to the basket and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell have to drive and put up their little floaters. We're going to make Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell basically beat us rather than the three-point shot because our first thing we got to make sure doesn't beat us is Rudy dunking. And so our shot chart got completely bent last night. To New Orleans' credit, we took, I think, 24 short mid-range shots. 24. We only took three long twos, thank goodness. What's it? We only got 18 shots at the rim. Like, they just completely took away the rim. Now, we, made fit, we went 14 of 24 on those little short floaters, so that's pretty impressive. And we got out in transition and had our 1.5 points per transition because we've been great at transition all year. And we still managed a way to take a ton of threes. To me, this is what's most impressive about last night's win is one, we fought. Two, they changed their entire defense and we had the answer. And the answer was instead of Boyan getting five threes and Royce getting four threes and Joe getting five threes was that Donovan Mitchell off the bounce hit threes, went six of eight. Mike Conley hit some threes and had 20. And Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson, who they were going to force to beat us as guards, had to do it, and they had 36, 20, and 19, and that was our answer. And simultaneously, we still took 39 threes in 88 shot attempts, which is pretty encouraging to me that a team builds their entire defense to not allow you to shoot threes, and 44% of your shots are still threes. That seems pretty great. So to, this is what I would have much rather talked about today. So to me, that's wildly impressive. You fought in the second quarter. They build their entire defense, which will always be about the same thing, despite the fact that everyone wants to talk to me about how he doesn't have defensive prowess or offensive prowess is stopping Rudy from dunking. And by the way, Rudy still got a bunch of dunks because Zion had no clue. And the Jazz then were just absolutely fabulous in answering to this. So there's only four defenses you can really throw at a team in a game, right? You can... Hard hedge, which we saw New Orleans do and the Jazz torched it. 
You can full double, which we've seen a little of, but most times anybody does that, we torture because we move the ball out of it. You can drop the big, which the Jazz have worked incredibly hard at coming up with an answer to, and last night showed that versatility, or you can just switch one through five, and that's our next challenge. I just don't know how you can defend us without switching one through five on every possession. I, I, I really don't. I don't see the answer to that. So that's why I thought last night was a really super impressive win. Um, I've talked about it a lot. I'll mention it again. Rudy getting minutes against second team because Derek Favors allows us to play those minutes is massive and that Derek Favors, you know, we're positive when Favors is on the floor. He was minus two last night, but that's just it. You know, part of Rudy's 19 is that Derek can play minutes against Steven Adams, which we just didn't used to have. And Mike Conley just continues to be great. Just great. And Royce O'Neal's adaptation during the game on Brandon Ingram after he went six on six to have him go two of eight the rest of the way. Fantastic. Okay, let's see if we can keep this rolling. We're really good right now. Hard to keep going through a whole homestand, Golden State, New York coming up, and then Dallas is going to be another one of these interesting ones. That one's going to be with less preparation time. That's a true back-to-back next week. Lots of games. Fun to watch. Thanks for listening. This is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.